0: This is Earth Radio. And now here's human music.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Your hosts tonight will be Jaime and Lewis. Please introduce yourselves, guys. Lewis, go first.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much, Aaron Alrighty, then.
1: And now, your host of the most, Jaime. What's up, everybody? How you guys doing today? Uh, had to open the show with with the joke from last week. <laughs> where Tani uh, was like, you should do a show and you speak in Spell Voice. So, I figured I'd just do the intro.
0: A little easier. The waters.
1: A little easier for me to do. It's not... Uh, taxing because it's weird the way that I do it. So when I speak, I speak normal, but I'm breathing in, and it's hard to explain because I've been doing it my whole life. So I have to breathe in when I speak, so it sounds very robotic. But it's but it's funny because like when I'm talking to my coworkers, I'll do that voice. I'll be like, "Hello, you have reached the voicemail of I'm Morales." Please leave your name and number at the tone. <laughs> and, and people like literally were like, oh, dude, no, he didn't answer the phone. I'm like, seriously. But because it sounds so distorted on the phone, when you're actually listening to it, it really does sound like a robotic voice. So,
0: legit. Oh my God, I, so I, I just go with it. It's I, all good. I fucking love it, dude. Uh, I, w- I wish I had a bigger arsenal of voices. I feel my voice or, my my voiceover stuff is very very basic, um, and I stole a lot of. Uh, I don't want to say steal. Um, I learned a lot of it from just other random people that I would meet in acting classes and stuff. Uh, especially funny, like funny people like my friend Sean. Shout out Sean uh, Spencer. Uh, I, I love him. Yes, his name he is named exactly like the guy from Psych, and he's heard every fucking joke about it. To the point where he he leaned into the joke. When he moved out of his parents' house, he got a black cat and he named the black cat Gus. (laughs) We used to call we used to call the cat because the cat was so like he was so quick and agile. He would be like you would see him on the scratching post on at the corner of the room. You start playing Halo. Five minutes later, he's like a little parrot on your shoulder watching watching over your moves on the couch and I was just like what the fuck how that's, quick is this damn cat that's fantastic
1: that's hilarious you know um the the voices that i do i just try to keep it very simple you know when i do a voice it's something that i've i've heard and i've mimicked my whole life like i got kermit the frog hi ho uh, kermit the frog here uh how you doing today you know and I, I i at one point i did yoda i can't do it anymore it's that one actually Kind of blows out my, my that, voice a
0: little bit. That, that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt a lot.
1: Do or do not. There is no try. Ooh. Mm. Like, I can't do that very well. But I can also do Elmo, uh, which sounds like this. Elmo would like to say that uh, Elmo does very many things. And uh, I have not mastered the laugh yet. But Elmo, Elmo would like to see you, guys, because Elmo loves all of you. And one of the other voices I can do. This is the other, this is the last voice I'll do, because this one kind of it's a little raspy on the voice. Okay, so here we go. What's up, everybody? Not the gumdrop buttons, please. No, not the gumdrop buttons. I do know where Shrek is, or or Pinocchio. Like I do know where Shrek is. Shrek isn't where I, Shrek isn't where I think he is. Then you'll tell me. I wear women's underwear like that one's very taxing on my voice for sure.
0: No, your gingerbread man and your speak and Spell voice are my two favorite voices.
1: But they're so hard. But but it's weird because they both one actually hurts my vocal cords. And the other one is like very it's very soothing for the vocal cords because I'm not really using them. You know, it's I I don't know how to explain it. It's just so weird. It's like backwards. It's like I'm breathing backwards.
0: It's it's so good though, and uh, and honestly, especially the ginger voice. When you when you tell me when we're in a group together with people and you say like, "Oh, I'm gonna do ginger voice," I instantly want to go into John Lithgow, and just immediately go. With, I want to memorize that monologue. I want to memorize it so next time that we're together with people, we can just tell the
1: them, Muffin Man, the Muffin the, Man.
0: You know? Yes, I do know the Muffin Man down on Drury Lane
1: are Lane? Like, like it's, it's hilarious that I, again, these are voices that I do just for fun whenever I can. And, and I've done it before at a, like going into a Taco Bell or going into a McDonald's or a Wendy's just because I have nothing better to do. And I'm just bored. Can you imagine going no. up to the Wendy's and going, hello, I would like to order a number five with a free frosty, please. And then people are like, what no, I just I just do it, and you're it's with the toy, yeah, I want the toy, please, 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 <laughs> please,
0: so so oh my God, the whole drive through thing though, like ever since fluffy came out uh uh and he told this story about getting pissed off at a drive through and coming back around and doing the girl voice, I did it once.
1: oh uh, my God, what
0: one of my old exes she actually recorded it on her phone, granted, this was recorded like on an old like oh dear god on an I was obama so phone was. This... no not an obama phone this was pre-obama actually no this was right at the era of obama it was like my senior year of uh of high school or just after my senior year when i first got my license mm-hmm. we went i made sure i was out of my normal fast food area to do it because i didn't want them to like recognize my car and be like oh i know who this is what the fuck Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did the girl voice ordering fucking Carl's Jr. Oh god. It was hilarious. It was great. It was it was good. So I've done the, I've done his girl voice. I'm not gonna do it because I think my throat uh, my, my throat might blow out doing that a little bit. But the So from my friend Sean that I mentioned earlier, he does the greatest imitate if you close your eyes and hear it, he does the greatest imitation of a Jewish grandmother I've ever heard in my life.
1: Oh god. You know what that reminds like, me of? Oh, God. It oh. reminds me of Shane. Shane is... Dude, well,
0: he, Shane does an impressive De Niro. Like, you swear to God, you're looking at young De Niro, dude. Th-
1: not only does he do a great De Niro, but I like his old Jewish man voice. Where he oh. called, he prank, I remember he crank called... Uh, I don't remember who, what company it was, but he was like, I'm looking for... I'm looking for the thing. And oh, it was just like the... the funny and he was like on the phone with him for like 10 minutes or something before he's like uh, i'm just gonna walk in uh, it's fine I, I don't remember that voice i can't do it i just can't i, I think can't the next it.
0: time you come up we need to call we need to talk to him and just have him record like five minutes of that to play during an episode because oh it's so be it's so funny. fucking good but like we'll just make him crank call target and and that'll be perfect. Oh
1: God, yeah, no, no, that would be. <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. You know, that's a victimless crime. Okay,
0: yeah, Crank calls crime... are totally fine. But they you have know a what? TV the TV big... show about it.
1: But you know what? The biggest crime is right now. They, they, ladies and gentlemen, they got him. Ezra Miller oh. has been captured. <laughs> he can no longer speedster his way out. He, what, what? So he was he arrested today? Is that? How to um, That's what I'm.
0: That's what I'm seeing right now. Um, well, at the very least, they charged them in, in Vermont uh, with felony burglary. Uh, I'm trying to read the article here. Okay. So Vermont State Police were notified of a burglary complaint in Stanford at about 5.55 in the afternoon on May 1st. Uh, they found several bottles of alcohol were taken from the residence while homers were not present. Um, After surveillance videos and statements from onlookers, the police have charged uh, Miller with felony burglary into an unoccupied dwelling. Ah, here we go. Police located Miller on August 7th at 11.23 p.m. and issued them a a citation to appear in Vermont Superior Court on September 26th for arraignment.
1: Oh, September. It had to be September 26th. Really?
0: Well, what's Mm. significant about September 26th? You
1: don't want to know. You don't want what? to
0: know. Oh, for is that your ex wife's birthday? No. Is that the divorce date? No. Is that when you move back to San Diego?
1: No. No, actually, I moved back on my birthday. No, that is the anniversary. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which anniversary?
1: The wedding anniversary. Oh. Oh,
0: oh I, hope they, is, the oh, this this I hope they throw the book at him. Oh.
1: I hope they throw the book at him on that date. It'll make that day so special for me
0: oh i feel awkward i feel this awkward jeans awkward jeans awkward <laughs> <genes. This laughs> not, oh, okay. okay. not good not good not not good not very not good very not good very That's not good oh. Uh oh. so
1: i'm glad the police located him today dude i mean or yesterday actually, how long has say. this been going
0: on considering that this ha- this event happened in may
1: dude he's been on the rampage for like the last few months dude he was arrested twice in hawaii once for right. disorderly conduct and harassment, and once for second-degree assault.
0: When was that? Was that before May or was that, that after? Was, no,
1: that that had to have been June. Yeah, something like that.
0: So he starts his reign of terror in May, doing this kind of dumb bullshit, and then he goes to Hawaii, commits like I, he's on a spree of committing bullshit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then now he
1: but what, now he, but he's he also kidnapped some facing... people. Well, now he's facing several allegations of abuse from different women around the world, including choking no. a woman in an Icelandic bar and harassing another woman in her home in Berlin. Jeez. Okay, the was... Berlin one, I was, not
0: su- I, I was not seeing. That was not part of my bingo card.
1: Yeah. This dude, I don't know. This person. Yeah, I, know. I, I, You know, honestly, Warner Brothers Discovery is just, they're, they're still going to go ahead with the Flash movie.
0: Doesn't make any sense in the world.
1: I mean, they already put so much money into it. Instead, they, you know, cancel the follow-up to the Scooby-Doo Scoob movie from 2018, and they canceled it. And you know what? You know what? The, the composers, like, you know what? Screw it. We're still going to record the soundtrack, or not the soundtrack, the, uh, the score, because they okay. already paid the band. They, they paid the musicians, and they paid for the space, so they're just going to record it anyway. So,
0: so he, 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 here's what I'm seeing about all this Warner Brothers Discovery BS and stuff like that is the mm-hmm. fact that, like, sure, um, the Batgirl movie is being shelved permanently. Um, and I'm getting a lot of this, just, just to cite my sources here, I'm getting a lot of this firsthand from Kevin Smith because me and Angela went to go see Hollywood Babylon over the weekend and you know he comments on it because he has worked a lot with the hbo people Mm -hmm. and the warner brothers people in the past um well i'll I'll go into a little more detail about some of the stuff he brought up on the warner brothers end but and supergirl
1: got got canned too so
0: the supergirl movie got canned
1: so the dc eu is now in it's in well now it
0: only exists as as animation
1: no i mean i mean look it's fine to have them in animation that's great but what really sucks is that the Batgirl movie, like it got really critically panned when they, when they did the screening, right? Right. But Shazam, or not Shazam, I should say Black Adam got the same criticism that Batgirl did, that it was, it was, it was not concise, it was very convoluted, everything was jumbled, it didn't make any sense, but they're still going ahead with that movie. Because they have The Rock. And I think with Batgirl, it's more like the actress is kind of unknown. Or, or maybe she is. I don't know. I, I don't know.
0: Leslie, Leslie Grace is decently known. I don't, I don't know about um, how deep it goes. Because I, I know I've seen her in some recent movies. I think she was in West Side Story. Right. Recently. But
1: again, like uh, not a movie I saw. So I can't say that she looks familiar to me. But the fact that they're shelving it and now Michael Keaton as Batman and Brendan Fraser having his role J.K. taken Simmons. away. J.K. Simmons, right. All these actors will not get to see what they would have done with this movie. And I'm kind of curious, but unfortunately, it's not coming out on any streaming service, so we'll never know. So,
0: so here, here's, the, here's the problem with this whole... The, the way they have this money set up, and uh, this probably doesn't explain why... They, if Black Adam is just as bad, why it's still coming out. The only explanation I can have for that is that, more than likely, the Black Adam movie, it's not just because of The Rock being in it. I think it's also because that was slated so far ahead of time, and the train on that has... The train on that is going a million miles an hour. Like you're, it, You'd be hard-pressed to pull the brakes on the Black Adam train and stop it before it hits theaters, and not have some kind of lawsuit or, or uprising from the creators and stuff like that. Because, you know, this is something Black Island has been in production what, for the, last, the better part of a decade. And ever since, like, two years ago, pre-pandemic, they were already saying, no, by 2022 or 2023, this movie will have been released. Point blank period. And they had set firm on the date forever. The fact that the footage and the trailers have only just been coming out recently, I think it's just them trying to work out whatever kinks they have with the screenings and all that stuff. Um, once the movie comes out, we'll have a better understanding of what happened with it. But as far as uh, uh, is concerned, based on what Kevin Smith was saying on Hollywood Babylon, mm-hmm. the way that the tax write-off is set up is is this. Backroll the movie... Um, which at ninety million dollars of production costs is already was already over budget. I think they were over budget by twenty million. That's fine. Most movies tend to have a fifteen to twenty million but the dollar budget, grace area that the studios will allow for. They kind of will they'll just make it up later. But the problem with the way that this is set up is that they've already spent the ninety million, even with the tax break the studio only sets to make back $20 million of that in tax write-off money. Mm-hmm. Meaning there's still a $70 million charge on the books that's a loss to the company. Oh
1: No, absolutely. And regar-
0: re- regardless of how anyone feels about the actors and actresses as part of the show, or whether they have any faith that this movie will be a good movie or a good adaptation or whatever, in his opinion, and mine as well, I'll, I'll stand next to him on this, Just release it. Release it. You know, you're not going to make 20 million. You're definitely going to make more off just the name of Batgirl alone. And the fact that you have all these returning actors and actresses, you have all these big name, these big blockbuster names in it. Granted, Batgirl herself, Leslie Grace, maybe not the biggest name in the world, but you have all these other people that are doing amazing performances apparently around her. You can fix editing. There was no date yet for that movie. So you can fix things with editing. You can reshoot stuff. You can redo things. There's time. So So why shelve something? And the problem with the the way this tax write-off is going to be is by writing it off like this, they literally cannot make one cent off this movie, which means you'll never see it on DVD or Blu-ray or any streaming service ever. It'll be locked away in a vault for its entirety or probably a safer bet they'll probably just destroy the footage and it'll never exist anywhere because the second it makes it onto any service it starts to make money which means then warner brothers is liable for any tax money um due to the due to the production and the the release of it well i just came
1: across this uh this article on variety by clayton davis called How Batgirl Axing in James Franco's Castro Casting Highlights Hollywood's Persistent Erasure of Latinos. And I was kind of kind of reading it. it. It starts off, It's not a great week for Latinos in Hollywood. And I'm sure many of you already knew that. Between Warner Brothers axing the release of Batgirl, starring Leslie Grace, HBO Max canceling the coming-of-age story The Gordita Chronicles, and James Franco being cast as Cuban dictator Fidel Castro in an upcoming feature, Latinos are mercilessly discarded and overlooked in the entertainment business. Worse yet, many not many seem to care. Uh, I'm going to skip a, ahead a little bit in the article. It says, "Indeed, Hollywood doesn't believe in Latino stories, creators, or feelings." That's a fair assumption based on our treatment in the business coming up to this point. However, this is not just the way we Field. Concrete data backs it up. The Anberg Inclusion Initiative released the findings on the absence of Hispanic and Latino representation in the film industry in September 2021. Its findings are even worse than many suspected. The examination of the 1,300 top grossing films released in the U.S. in the last 13 years have found that only six Afro-Latino leads or co-leads in this time period, even more so, less than five percent of the 52,000 characters examined had speaking parts. Wouldn't have that been a wake-up call? Obviously not. In the last decade, with controversies such as Me Too and Oscar So White highlighted the long-standing inequity of the Hollywood ranks. Executives and producers have hit the press circuit in sharing their new unbridled focus or creating quote-unquote welcoming and Quote unquote, nurturing environments, all with the added premise to, quote unquote, do better. Most of it is lip service. And this article just goes a little bit harder. Uh, Being sympathetic.
0: I mean, you have to.
1: But I mean, look, listen, there was a palpable excitement and enthusiasm for Batgirl. Even if many of us acknowledged that we weren't anticipating the quote unquote Citizen Kane of the DCU, Grace, a Dominican breakout star from In the Heights, moved towards her most significant moment in Hollywood. One that could have young Latinas seeing themselves represented on screen for the first time, which is not kind of true because if you think about it, you have the person who plays gomora she's she's Afro-Latino, so I'm kind of misleading. But I, I I get what the sentiment is going with this, right? Now with the rug pulled from under us, should Latinos accept this as a possible quality issue, or worse yet, a a way to catch? a simple tax break. Should Latinos begin to prepare for other Latino themed projects, such as the Mexican superhero film, blue beetle starring solo Madureña to face a similar fate. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's a very good question.
0: It's, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time here.
1: Um, No representation matters. I mean, you, you, you preach it more than I do. I'm just like, I'm I'm not into that social justice stuff because it's like I think it's a little hamfisted but, at times. But I get it that as a Latino, like I'm not I'm underrepresented in a lot of stuff. It's true, but I don't I I don't it, it in a way it doesn't bother me. But now that people are starting to point it out, it's kind of like oh, dude, like oh yeah, you're right.
0: No, I mean look. Uh Let's take it. As, uh, let's take it to what it actually means. You know, it's it's not about you know sus, uh, social justice warriors and all that stuff. I, I don't like saying that I am one because it's just it's not a good look. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel good to be called uh, a social social justice warrior. But when I'm saying, and I think I speak for a lot of people on the same train with me, when I speak of representation matters, I don't mean I want to turn your white superhero Latino just for the sake of turning it Latino. Mm -hmm. If the, if it fits the character, it fits the character. If the actor fits the role, they fit the role. I don't give a damn. Keep Superman white, whatever. I don't give a shit. But then if someone else makes a literal Mexican Superman, I would prefer a Mexican playing Superman for that reason. Mm -hmm. You know, same way with, like, you know, the the whole issue is that people are only starting to notice it now because people are calling it out now. We had a mini version of it when it was Tilda Swinton playing the ancient one in the first Doctor Strange movie. Everyone was saying, well, that should be to an Asian person. You're whitewashing this kind of stuff. And that's true. It is whitewashing. But she's an amazing actress. So I understand her being up for the role. You know, it's a little... It's 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 people pick and choose because it's convenient. You know. Well,
1: well. Here's the thing: if you want to, Scarlett Johansson. We'll use her as an example in this oh. conversation, where she played the major in a predominantly Japanese movie. I mean, come on. For for I, I don't remember the name of that film, but she plays the major. Ghost movie. in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell, which is a fantastic anime, and it takes place in Japan. But the fact that she played the major role, the main role. She's white. Like, there was a joke not too long ago that if you wanted to cast somebody, you casted Scarlett Johansson. You casted her in, in most of those films. Like, oh, you got a you got a black person? Scarlett Johansson's perfect for it. It's like that was mm-hmm. the big joke.
0: And the sad part is that people are taking it, taking this idea of representation matters. And, you know, they they, they take it one of two ways. They take it the way that you have kind of interpreted it at the, at the beginning of this thing, which is. Oh, it's just a bunch of social justice warriors, and they just want to, you know, correct things, da da, da, da. they want to change things just to change them, there's no consideration for the art and stuff like that, and that's definitely not what it is. At least for me and a lot of, a lot of people that I talk to about this industry, that's not what it is. When we want representation, we want to we play our own characters. We don't want to play the caricatures that we see on TV all the time, you know. And and look, I will be the first to put my hands up and say, Hey, I watch hood movies. I watch the caricature of Latinos being represented as cholos, gangsters, food workers, custodians, hotel maids, your your rich white person's babysitter, all the fucking typical roles that you see us in and stuff like that. Okay. And I'll play any role that, that I can that that I can bring something to, even if it's one of those. Fine, I'll be a stereotype. But I would like to play my own stuff you know i'd like to play my own version of things as long as it fits and that's where that's where this is becoming an issue
1: right okay so at the end of this article they talk about how uh emmy winning colombian actor john logan called out the film alina of cuba right because james franco will be playing fidel castro he called him out right. because he said that you know maybe a hispanic person should be playing fidel castro but you know they Cast them anyway, whatever, no big deal. Quote, unquote, you know, it's kind of that kind of thing. The asinine logic continues to permit Latino roles to continue to be occupied by non-Latino actors such as Javier Bardem, Spanish, playing Desi Arnaz in being the Ricardos whose cousin Miguel Bardem is directing the Franco vehicle Alina de Cuba, of Cuba. It remains unclear when the executives will end for Latino exclusion. With Netflix recently laying off All of its agency employees for Contodo, its Latino-focused platform for content and audience, it looks like Hollywood still has a way to go in terms of equality. Latinos are not disposable and are not culturally ambiguous. Latinos are 500 million people that span the globe. Learn about us. That's how, the, that's how the article ends. Now, I've, I don't know uh, Clayton Davis, you know. I don't know who he is. He seems like he's Hispanic, although his name doesn't imply it, I guess. But he makes a good point. Like, if you want to have Latinos in roles, make them Latino. I get it. That's cool. I'm cool with that.
0: I, I mean, honestly, like, it just it, it makes sense.
1: Like you said, you want to have a, a housekeeper? You know, even <laughs> what's funny is you got Family Guy with, with uh, what's her name? Uh, Consuela. Consuela. No, no. I claim.
0: Oh, Mr. Peter, do, do you have any Windex?
1: Right. It's like, but I get it. I, I get that it's a stereotype, but it's true. You're not going to see very many white people clamoring to be in that role. Just not. I mean, he makes a good point. So. If you want to read this entire article in its entirety, it's Clayton Davis. I'm from look it up by How Batgirl Axing and James Franco's Castro Casting Highlights Hollywood's Persistent Erasure of Latinos. So there's that.
0: So, I mean, look, the, the biggest thing about this article, at least that, that I can take away from it, is twofold. One, we needed Leslie Grace, regardless of how good the actual movie was. We needed that because we need the representation on screen. We need little, you know, we need little Hispanic girls, Latina girls looking up to somebody that isn't just white, that is the, the same as they are. Same as how you and I, back in the day, would have totally appreciated. I mean, we, not that we're not appreciating it now, but imagine if Namor had come out, had been a, you know, dark-skinned Latino actor back in the day when we were young, we would have hella appreciated that. We would have probably paid more attention and made more back, uh, back in the day. We would, it would be a bigger thing, you know, and so that's, you know, whether it came back then or now, the representation is happening, the, the shift in the culture is mattering. You know, we're, we are now no longer just behind the scenes. We are now in front of the camera, and that's a beautiful thing. Our stories need to be told just as much. With the James Franco casting for Castro, I mean, that is just, that's literally Scarlett Johansson claiming she's Asian to to being Ghost in the Shell. Like, that's not it. That is not what we want. Now. It's what we got. I believe we can definitely do better. First of all, James Franco shouldn't be doing anything with his raping ass, allegedly.
1: Well, again, that was in the article. I didn't read that part because it was, like, huge. So. But yeah, that, a, a that's that's criminal stuff. We
0: don't have to touch on that necessarily because the main focus is is the idea of representation. Castro's Cuban, dude, and unless James Franco somewhere took a twenty three of me and found out he's like two percent Cuban,
1: no, well, you know, not even that, dude. I it's it's the fact that Hollywood will bank on actors who will who will put asses in the seats. That's what it boils down to, and most Latino actors will not do that. And that's that's, and that's a sad way to look at it, but that's the reality of it. That's the reality of it, and it sucks. But you know what? That's gonna change. But that's gonna change. But that is gonna change, and I'm telling you, that is going to change when when this movie, because I a majority of the people that whenever I go to the movie theater are mostly Hispanic people, and when Black Panther comes out, a majority of the people that I'm gonna probably see Black Panther with are gonna be Hispanic. And as soon as Namor comes out, I guarantee it to you, it's going to go buck wild. Because a lot of the Hispanic people that live near the border will go see that. And that that to them is their representation. And I hope this is the beginning to kick off something good.
0: Yeah, I mean, but this is I just... I don't know. This is what we've been striving for for a long time. I know I myself, like, I would have loved to have had you know, superheroes that look like me, because not a lot of people look like me on TV. You know, one, I'm fat. Two, I'm dark-skinned. Three, I'm Latino. Four.
1: Well, you got fluffy.
0: One in a million don't make me feel included. One in a million. Look, granted, it makes me feel a little bit special.
1: Jordi Lopez.
0: Okay, two. But, like, two in a million, sure, makes you feel a little bit special, a little bit unique, a little bit of, you know, the extra spice you need to make something good.
1: The Paul Rodriguez Show.
0: But these things never really lasted. They didn't, they, they, they didn't do, you know, huge numbers and stuff like that. Th- think about it. I, I, I,
1: he, he didn't get a show. He was more a comic than anything, but.
0: I, br- I brought up, um, the other time we were talking about this, I brought up the, that show on ABC, Cristela, lasted two seasons. Gabriel Iglesias was behind it. Cristela was a huge stand-up star. He was a, good, it was a star. huge hit. I get it. What's his name? Um... Not Christian Castro. The God, there was a good-looking fucking novella guy, so you could pull in the novella audience and stuff like that into it. And two seasons. And not even really that. It was maybe a season and a half, and then psh, gone. You know, Mr. Iglesias on Netflix, who you could argue when Mr. Iglesias came out, he was at his, he's at the biggest. He's still huge right now. And psh, two seasons, gone. Done. Out of, uh, out of here got canceled by Netflix why why do we why are we doing this do they think that we're not using their services do they think that we're not there and stuff like that like I don't that's that's where the representation comes from and it's frustrating because then this makes me feel like no matter how big or how good I get at stand up if I try to pivot to something else it's not gonna work out and it's heartbreaking because I do have those aspirations I do have those goals and my my vision board of life, a goal of mine is to be, not just be on a sitcom, but be a serious regular or be the lead on a sitcom, because well, here, well, I love the that too. shit.
1: Well, thing, too. Like, you want to talk about that? Well, you got American Ferrera, America Ferrera. I'm sorry. I was about to call her American Ferrari. Jeez. She wow. is Honduran. She's Honduran. And she had, she showed up on a show, Ugly Betty, which was based on a show in latino america called betty la Fea, which they brought it here right so i mean i could say that she's she's successful because she was on many other shows she was on superstore which was one of my favorite shows actually and apparently in 2007 she was named times she was named one of time magazine's most 100 influential people in the world so I can't say that we don't have representation. It's there. It's just we you gotta dig for it, which kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, we need it more prevalent now more than ever. But you know, but Especially yeah. with how international things are.
1: Well, but here's the thing is you you have you have this going on, and then you got the bodega boys, bro. The bodega uh, boys. Yeah, that one that one hurts. That one hurts. That one
0: hurts a lot, actually. Um, I, I mean,
1: I just recently just started looking into it and holy crap, was there Hmm. How do I? I don't even know where to begin with that story. But. So
0: I I can begin because uh, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I discovered the Bodega Boys. I think who 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 or what showed me the Bodega Boys first? I think it was watching uh, a Philip DeFranco video. I think it was talking about something something newsworthy. And I he pulled a clip from Deezy Zemiro's show on Viceland about it. Um and then he talked a little bit about them and, and how he listens to them. Or it might have been in one of his podcasts, they, they they were going back him and his guests were going back and forth on it. I don't know. It was it was like two or three years ago now. Um But I started just going down the YouTube rabbit hole of like finding their show on Viceland. And seeing all the clips from past shows and things like that. And then when I truly got into them and I started listening to the podcast, they were making the transition to go to Showtime. And i had been watching them on Showtime since. So... Ugh,
1: but there was a lot of fallout from like a dude. year ago, right?
0: So like apparently ago, this is something they've been doing for... Let me see. They,
1: they th- wanted to go their own da-da-da. way at the end. and I so, listened so, to... Yeah, so, I li- who so, was it? Uh, the Kid? There was... A- the kid Miro, um, I listened to him do this like barbershop talk. He mm-hmm. got really rough, and he got really real.
0: Well, okay, no. So the barbershop clip wasn't that No, that I, crazy. I mean, I listened
1: to that whole thing, and holy crap, dude. I cannot believe, like, he...
0: Half so, the what... shit they got away with on Viceland?
1: Well, not... No, no, not that. I'm talking about... Well, yeah, that too, but, like, the fact that at the end of everything, how they ended up going to uh, recently to the... All Star Game and they weren't talking, and it kind of was you like, could see Ooh.
0: clips of the of them at the All Star Game where they were like they were distant, they were on opposite ends of the outfield. Um, even when they would come together as a group or as a team, like they were kind of like they had people between them and stuff. So there's definitely you know some heartbreak and beef right there. Um, hopefully it's not too bad. But here's the thing: the big the big thing that came out about a couple weeks ago was Miro went on XM's Basic Podcast. And here's the quote from it that kind of explained everything. That shows two things: one, they've been planning this for over a year, and two, hopefully, the split is just a temporary th- it, the, the 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 wedge that drove the split faster right now is hopefully just a temporary thing that they can get over quickly. So the quote from the uh, from the podcast is: "Dieses and I had discussed pursuing separate interests over a year." prior to the show coming to an end, and that conversation, the conversation solidified us in signing overall agreements that recognized our intent to operate independent of one another. As far back as June of last year, we were both pitching or looking to join existing projects as individuals." He added that there won't be animosity between the two as they pursue separate opportunities in the future. Quote him again the intent was to go our separate ways in a way that is supportive of each other. It's not like I'm breaking up with my girlfriend on the phone. It was a strategy and one that we all agreed on. So,
1: but the way that the way that it looks, dude, it just looks like they hate each other. And when he was on that barbershop talk, he was oh my god, he was dogging.
0: I don't know about dogging him. I think that's that's a bit a bit harsh on on that end. Because I saw a lot of the same thing, but here's, here's what I've been finding through everything. One, the split is amicable. They were coming to an end. And he actually says it later on that he wasn't looking to have this friendship become something that just, like, died. It was, they were just looking to kind of just build their own thing. They, they, you know, they're big right now. You know, they were at the Espies, They're doing them whole big, big things. You know, three years ago, when they were still on Viceland, I don't think either one of them could have imagined that they would be at the All-Star at the MLB All-Star game. You know, play, playing ball with other celebrities like Brian Cranston and J.K. Simmons and stuff like that. Like that's true, big. True. That's big time. You know, they've done amazing interviews. They did the big interview with Obama, which was literally the entire episode was just them interviewing Obama. You know, they've interviewed Denzel Washington, they've John David Washington, all these big names and stuff like that that are huge. And I think back in the Iceland days, they wouldn't have been able to do that stuff, so they they definitely have you know they have to give a lot of love to us the fans the you know as as the internet has collectively been been called you know the bodega hive like you know we we've been there for these guys, we've seen what they can do and stuff like that, we're gonna ride with them no matter what granted it's not something that I think it it's not about breaking up. Like a like a girlfriend, like a like jilted girlfriend and stuff like that. This is a friendship. They're staying friends. They're staying cool with each other. There's gonna be a break, you know, because everyone needs a break from each other at some point. And I think the biggest problem, and not a lot of people have touched on it, is the fact that the rumor mill is spreading out this idea that one of their older business contacts that's been with them since the beginning of the podcast days.
1: Oh, Miguel something is the right?
0: big uh yeah victor is is what he's been named as um victor's the reason why the split happened so immediately mm. because apparently there have been there's been talk from former cast members and former t- uh uh writers and interns from the showtime show that said that victor before when they started was just a background player he was just a guy that did bi- uh, business dealings for these and mero and stuff like that he wasn't involved with the show but then there were shouting matches. There was screaming at people, calling people stupid, abusing people. Uh, basically, he was—he became too big, too Hollywood for his own good. Threw his weight around a little too much, and Showtime wanted to, like, put the hammer down and say, "Hey, we don't want this guy on set anymore. Like, he's got to go. Mm-hmm. Buy peace." Go go find something else to do like he can still do your your business dealings or whatever whatever, but he can't be on set He can't be in a writer's room, da, 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 da. And what happens is Jesus was Perfectly fine with letting that happen. He wasn't too attached to Victor's you know was willing to, to set those parameters but Miro because Miro and Victor go back further as, as childhood friends and they you know, Vero's a very loyal person, he wasn't willing to let that go, he said no, no. he's part of the team, he's part of the show and that's what kind of drove Showtime to say okay fine uh, June that's your last show that's being aired and that's it, you're not coming back for another season, you're done and that's, that's why the show split up immediately.
1: I mean that's what I heard but again mm-hmm. I'm not, I haven't followed them from, be- from the beginning, I just recently just kind of started following this whole thing so I don't know I mean mm-hmm. look i
0: I could see the writing on the wall a little bit through listening to the podcast up t- like I've been listening oh man, i I almost have heard like a hundred like leading up to the end, and in the last episode they were they were talking about, oh, we're just going on like a summer hiatus, whatever, we'll be back, we'll sprinkle some some episodes here and there, and stuff like that. But you could, you could kind of tell, and, and people are pulling a, on the Reddit threads, people are showing clips of like, oh, look, these isn't looking at Miro the right way, or look at this clip. Dee- you know, that's D-Desus. what everybody's going to really do. Or whatever.
1: Everybody's going to speculate um, something because they want beef, and they want to see it because everybody's into it.
0: I'm not, I'm not about that. I think these guys, they just need a break. They're going to walk away for a while from each other. That's okay. They might be very cordial when they have to go do the awards syndicate and all that stuff. But I'm, I'm, it, for me, the depth of one thing can lead to a lot of different things. You know, these guys are talented guys. They're funny. Who knows, man? I, I know for a fact that Miro does Twitch all, all day long and stuff like that. So he's always out there. Jesus is traveling the world with Anna Kendrick, you know, eating gelato in Italy and shit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's great. So life. we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens, you know. I'm excited to see what what they come up with, and hopefully that's not how we work out, son, because I I can't be mad at you. I can't be mad at you. You my boy, Blue!
1: I know. Well, unfortunately, we're coming to an end. Psych! We got some stuff to talk about Xbox, because we got some Xbox news.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. Final story final story so there's a new thing coming out if you guys are uh alpha testers on xbox which if you are uh, send us some codes because i'd love to be up on top of that shit. but uh anybody here ever have the problem of not remembering whether you downloaded a game or you actually own the physical copy because i have that problem a lot um mostly from my playstation though xbox is now going to introduce the alpha people and then eventually roll out to everybody there's gonna be badges on the titles of your games that indicate whether you need your CD to play the game, or whether it's an Xbox Game Pass game. And if it's been removed, they'll have an indicator showing it's been removed from Game Pass, and you should delete the game. Now, that being said, this feels like it's a couple years too fucking late because PlayStation has been all about that shit, and I can fucking tell. When I needed my disc and I don't need my disc, just like with my Uncharted stuff, I had the disc, but they gave it away for free, and I downloaded that shit and I bought it for free, motherfucker. I don't need no disc no more, but I still need it for Tony Hawk. That's that's one side of it. What what was the other side of the Xbox news?
1: I believe that there's gonna be no more games coming out this year for Xbox. Whatever the crap was, I read it. I don't remember where I read it, but I read it this morning in the office. Yeah. That sucks. They're going to start rioting out there. I guess they will. I guess
0: not. I don't <laughs> know. All
1: right. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, guys. Take it away. Lewis, give us your final thoughts.
0: My final thoughts, people. I, I look, It's been a crap week for a lot of things happening. Um, it's been a crap couple months. The summer has not been good. This is supposed to be the summer of fun. And it's been turning out to be the summer of sad. But them's the breaks. We're going to take it one step at a time. We're going to figure it the fuck out. And hopefully end the year on a decent to high note. That being said, uh, I appreciate everybody listening to the episode. Thank you so much for putting up with our bullshit. And hopefully my voice next time will be better. I can actually showcase some good shit. But with all all that being said, love y'all. Black Lives Matter, Articize Matter, Representation Matters as it always fucking does. Support your local comic book shop, support your local comedy, uh, comedy clubs because we need it out there. We need your laughter. Paciencia Femme Gente, let's fucking go.
1: For me, I don't really have much going on, aside so just working. But in all honesty, it's like I wasn't very big in the whole representation matters blah 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 like to me it's like whatever i don't care i don't really care it doesn't matter to me and and i still don't but i'm i see that i see that other people on the other side of the coin that it matters for some people and i i don't want to be disingenuous and not hear their side you know what i mean so that being said like it's it's cool it's okay it's okay if you're represented like I, dude, as a kid, I wish I could have been represented as as one of the greatest Mexican superheroes, Chapolin Colorado. I wish he would have been the first superhero on American television, but it didn't work out that way because he was more in Mexico. But, digress. He was actually imitated in The Simpsons as the uh, Bumblebee man. There you go. But, hey guys, I love you guys. I hope to see you. I hope to give you high fives. I hope to give you hugs and f- to my family. You guys are my family. I hope to give you a hug. I love you guys. You guys are my everything. So, that being said, be nice to one another. You don't know what another person's going through mentally, and we don't want to be that one little bad chip that's going to set somebody off. Be kind. As Blockbuster used to say, rewind. Ow! Peace.